This is an SJC Radio production. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Pit Stop with Mr. Bird on SJC Radio. Welcome to episode 22 of season 8 of Pit Stop. The first part of the recording is about my trip to Jerez for the World Superbikes and in the second part Finn joins me for a chat about the latest happenings in MotoGP. I'm speaking to you from my hotel room in Jerez. Um, it's Friday evening. Um, uh, flew into uh, Seville Airport uh, this afternoon, picked up my car. When I picked up my car, um, the chap at the desk, when he was doing the paperwork, said, oh, we've got the same birthday, which happens to be tomorrow, the 28th. He then asked me where I was going, and I said, I'm going to Red for the World Superbike. And he said, well, I'm going there as well. Um, so you know, I might bump into him tomorrow, who knows. Uh, drive down from Seville to Red. Uh, that was about an hour and a bit, quite an easy drive. Um, first impressions of Jerez, the town. Well, my hotel, my hotel is 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 right in the middle of town. Um, it's really nice. I've just been out for uh, a meal. Lovely atmosphere in town. Um, and there's lots of Brits around as well, actually. Uh, really looking forward to going to the racetrack tomorrow. Um, it, for me, it, it's so exciting visiting uh, a new track for the first time. So uh, really excited about it. Well, it's Saturday evening. Uh, just got back from the racetrack. Uh, journey there took about 20 minutes. Not very far at all. Um, what surprised me is when I bought my ticket was how cheap it was. Um, 30 euros for two days that's incredible value for money i mean a moto gp a moto gp ticket would be at least three times that when i entered the circuit one of the first people i saw was um daniel uh the chap from 
the car rental check-in. Um, so I spent a bit of time with him and his, his mate Pepe, which was nice. First impressions of Jerez the racetrack. Um, it's, really, it's a really beautiful circuit. Um, it's also very compact, which means you can get from, let's say, the paddock to the back straight. That would take you no more than about oh, you know, five minutes maximum, probably less than that. So it's very easy. Um, it takes no, no time at all to move from one part of the circuit to, to another. The weather was fantastic at 22 degrees uh, and really, you know, very well, for me, it was hot in the sun. It was hot. So I did spend some time in the shade. Um, particularly nice, you know, when you hear the weather's so bad at home. The timetable um, isn't the uh, fullest timetable um, I've ever seen. Um, we had, when I arrived at the track, it was, there was free practice for uh, World Superbikes going on. Um, after that, there were the two Super Bowl qualifying sessions for World Supersports and World Superbikes. Um, and then we had the first world, no, no, then it was the first world super sport race followed by the first world superbike race. Um, I watched, uh, both qualifying sessions from the last corner, the Jorge Lorenzo corner, <clears throat> really good place to watch. Um, in world superbike qualifying, Bautista was particularly dramatic, uh, in the breaking zone for that corner he went on to take pole position uh well super sport race i watched that from the start finish straight uh, there was the television screen there uh, that was good um race completely dominated by bulliger for the world superbike race i went back to uh the, the final corner uh what did i see i saw locatelli i uh, overtake both the uh kawasaki's uh saw Pichucci overtake number of people there as well also saw quite a big crash i think it was vandermark and the bmw lost it under braking um his bike actually hit the air fence uh, in front of me so that was very dramatic one of the best things about going to a world superbike race is something called the paddock show um where sorry the paddock there's a big stage on that stage there's sort of entertainment throughout the day there's a dj there's quizzes there were flamenco dancers there were interviews with the with the riders and they also did the, the podium ceremony there as well. That's included in your entry ticket. And also uh, entry, entry to the paddock is free as well. What's great about being in the paddock itself is I saw almost all the riders. So the access you get at a World Superbike race is on a different level to a MotoGP where you would never, ever get to see the riders. What I've got now is some of the atmosphere uh, from uh, the paddock show. Sunday evening um, just had my dinner I've had one of the best days I've ever had um, at a racetrack this is largely 
due to the fact that that I witnessed one of the all-time classic World Superbike races um, in the in race three, we had this unbelievable battle between Top Rack and Bautista at the, at the front. They changed places so many times at the flag. Top Rack just bit Bautista, but unfortunately, on the last lap, um, he went over the green paint on the exit of the final corner, and that means you have to drop a place. So, despite Top Rack crossing the line first, Bautista actually inherited the victory. Today, I discovered uh, a great place to spectate at Red, um, and that was from the the very large grandstand behind the paddock, from where you can see, or oh, probably two thirds of the circuit. A very good view of what they call the stadium section and in front of me were those two very fast right hand corners um, going into the Jorge Lorenzo um, hairpin which again you can see from the grandstand um, so that was really good you could also see uh, turns one and two uh, so uh, during the during the race I saw so many times I saw Bautista overtake uh, top rack in, into the hairpin but I also saw Jonathan Ray uh, crash uh, at turn two over the two days I I walked as much the circuit as I could um, and there's no doubt that, that this was the best place to watch from. I met up with um, Daniel and Pepe again uh, in fact I watched the uh, World Supersport race with them and uh, we'll watch that from um, a small grandstand on the exit of the stadium section that was good because it was much closer to the track and also we were pretty much on sort of ground level so we got a, got a really good feel for the speed of the bikes um we also um i also met up with them uh, in the paddock at the end of the day uh because daniel uh, is friends with lorenzo baldazari well superbike rider former moto 2 rider so we had a chat with him which was nice it's tuesday night uh, i'm now back uh, in uh, the uk after my trip i spent the monday uh, seeing the sights uh, in Jerez town um there was there was a, plenty to see there there was an old castle which was uh, particularly interesting um i then uh, flew back uh, tuesday afternoon looking back at Jerez, um i would strongly um recommend a trip to Jerez for the world superbikes next year i think next year it's a couple of weeks earlier so it'll be even warmer um, I would say if you're going to Jerez, if I've got one tip for the World Superbike race, and that would be uh, to take your own lunch each day, um, because there are only three food outlets uh, all together, and uh, you know the crowd was pretty big, and there are really big queues, so um, it's much easier to buy your own food um, the evening before. Um, great trip. I will definitely go back next year. This is Pit Stop with Mr. Bird on SJC Radio. Oh. Hello, Finn. Hello. Um, How's, it go? How's it going? Good. Um, I do have to... My laptop's not working, so I've just got my big computer. And what? That's right. Internet, so. That's right. I can hear you perfectly clearly. That's good. Yeah. So you're, back, you're back at school, aren't you? Yes. Perhaps... Perhaps rather than go through each race, so we've had five races. Perhaps it's best to sort of summarise what's been going on in the world of MotoGP. So yeah. I think when we last spoke, Bagnaia had he might have had a 
a 60 point lead or something like that. Um, and what we've seen over the course of the last five races is that lead being whittled down by Martin. And actually in Indonesia, uh, so basically Martin's been on a winning spree. He's been winning everything. And Indonesia, after the sprint race, Martin was actually leading the championship. Unfortunately, the next day in, in, in the main race, which he was dominating, he fell off. And yeah, you, lost. I remember you sent a message saying that he was leading. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's right. Well, I must have sent you that message um, on the Saturday because that was after the sprint race when, when Martin took the championship lead. The next day he fell off whilst leading and he, and he lost the championship lead. And then we go to Australia, that amazing race in Australia, Finn, where Martin took that gamble. Yeah. I think he was on the, was he on the soft rear tyre or something? He took a gamble on the rear tyre um, and it didn't pay off. And it was on, on the last lap that he went from first place down to about fifth place. So uh, having taken the lead, he having taken the lead in the championship, he then lost it to Bagnaya and it obviously grew as a result of um, the Australian MotoGP, where Ban Nair finished, finished second in that. Who won the Australian Grand Prix, Finn? Oh, um, Martin. No, he didn't. Oh, Ban Nair. No, think about it. Um, it was the first ever win. Uh, Did, did Antonio? No. It was his first uh, ever goodness. win. It's been a long time coming. The Italian, one of the Italian fellas. No, he's French. Oh, bizet! Oh, god, Zarco. Yes, yeah, that that was amazing. Um, that was a yeah, just a brilliant result. First ever win for Zarco. It might be his only ever win because I don't know if you're aware. Next season, he's going to the LCR Honda team. He won't yeah. win on a Honda because nobody can win on a Honda. Um, so it's just as well he got that victory uh, at Australia because uh, you know it, it might be his last. And um, what he always used to do, um, Zarko is quite famous for doing a backflip if he wins a race, and he did a backflip uh, at the end of the race. What like on the bike? Uh, no, he gets off the bike. All right. He goes over to the fans, so sort of climbs up the sort of. It's banking and then there's a sort of oh, climbs up a fence and then there's a backflip. Um, right. So that's good. Now, I, I would have said um, the Australian race was the best was the best race of the season. But up to that point, I'd say it was the best race of the season. But I would argue that the tie race weekend just gone. I'd argue that was even better. Tie was tie. Thailand was good. Yeah. Yeah, we had that. What was good about it? Probably the first one of the few races where we've had a, you know, a group at the front. So we had uh, Martin Binder and Bagnaya battling uh, over those last few laps. It's not something we often see in MotoGP. What we tend to see in MotoGP is somebody invariably Martin disappear off into the, into the distance. And there haven't been that many races where we've had changes of lead in the last few laps, but we got that in, in, in Thailand. I really like that racetrack actually. Um, yes, a really good track. Now, what's interesting, Finn, is if we go back, you know, five or six weeks when we last spoke, yeah. we were saying that this year that the racing hasn't been as good 
as previous years and and this is down to um sort of tire pressures and, and what have you but i would argue um that the racing in the last few races has been really really good and i think i was reading was it martin was saying that the riders have kind of learned to kind of ride around this tire pressure issue um he was saying for example in indonesia another circuit i really really like he was saying that instead of staying close behind another rider uh, if you do that yeah. your front tire will overheat the tire pressures will go <clears> and, and you'll lose grip he said instead of doing that you you hang back a bit and then you basically close up on them and overtake them in one move and that's what martin did in in, in indonesia um all his moves started off some way back where he was in i guess you could say he was in clean air where his front tire wouldn't overheat and then you know and then and then you go for it you you close up and you overtake straight away so i think what's happened is i think the riders have got got used to this sort of front tire pressure issue and have come up with with ways of getting around it and we've seen some brilliant racing the last few rounds mm -hmm. um we've only got three rounds left so there's no race this weekend, but we then got three in succession. Uh, you may or may, not, may or may not be aware, Finn, that I'm going to the last round, Valencia. <clears throat> I am I, aware. Yeah, I got my ticket yesterday, um, my, my race ticket. I, yeah. I booked it early because my concern was, and I booked the flight, I booked the hotel. My, cons my concern was that it's likely to go down to the last round and yeah. it could be a sellout uh yeah. so i thought get the ticket early so i'm definitely going uh so i'm really excited okay. about that that's um, good yeah where's that that's in valencia in spain all right so cool yeah that'd be my second visit to uh to spain um so that's the situation moto gp moto 2 nothing's really changed since we last spoke last time we spoke we said that um old pedro acosta i got a yeah got a decent lead over old um arbolino arbolino had yeah. a major dip in form he's got slightly better actually the last couple of races in fact arbolino yeah. won he won in australia um he's very good in the rain and it was it was a bit of a washout the australian race it was stopped at half distance and he was leading then um but that in terms of the championship fight that that hasn't really changed much moto three is the one which has changed dramatically now i think the last time we spoke it was pretty it, it was mm -hmm. pretty tight between i'm not sure who's leading the championship when we last i think I, it was Dennis Huntune, wasn't it i don't think it was it might have been holgado from i think holgado might have been leading from sasaki from um Messiah, can you check it on your phone? Uh, I'll try to. But I've got a feeling that Messiah will be leading the championship because Sasaki, who's been Mr. Consistent and has finished second in, in, in most of the races, he crashed out in, Tha in Thailand. So I've got a feeling, Finn, that Messiah is going to be first. Um, and I think... Sasaki will be second, but, but I don't know. I didn't see the tie race because, as you know, I was in Spain watching the World Superbikes. Uh, who do you oh. think was winning? 
Messiah must be must be in the championship. Yeah. Uh, what 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 points is he on? Uh, three two thirty. Sorry. Two hundred thirty. Who's in second? Is it Sasaki? Yes. On what? Two hundred thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. And sorry, and you said uh, Messiah was in two hundred thirty. Yeah. That's quite a big lead. Doing the maths. Seventeen points. Oh, that's not massive. Third place. No. Who's in third? Uh, Alonso. Uh, Alonso. That's right. So he won in Thailand. I haven't seen the the Thai race because I video all the race. I videoed all the World Superbike race. Yeah. I videoed MotoGP, and I must have forgotten to set the video for the Moto Three. So I haven't seen that. But I yeah. know uh, Alonso won that. And what what points is he on? Uh, 205. Oh. No, then Dennis Anchu. Dennis Anchu. No, sorry, not Dennis Anchu. Uh, Holgado is also yeah. on 205 in fourth. Right, so actually those four are kind of still in it. Holgado really, it's funny because the first part of the season, yeah, Holgado was pretty dominant. Mm -hmm. um, and just since, well, since halfway, he's kind of... He's sort of what happened to um, disappeared really. What happened to David Munoz or whatever? He's, David well, Munoz. well, David Munoz, who's who's a bit of a maniac. He actually won a race. Um, yeah, I, I like him. I, I do. He's mad. I'm just trying to think which race he won. I uh, let's have a think about this. Munoz, he did win a race. He says uh, he's got no victories here. I'm sure no, Munoz has definitely won. Can we just check that? Munoz. Yeah. Oh no no, I'm thinking Marrera, aren't I? I'm thinking of Diego Marrera won. Where did did Marrera win in Indonesia? I think he might can we just uh, Yeah, yeah, I got it. I'm on it. Yeah. I think he might have won in Indonesia. Marrera. Marrera. No, his name is Marrera. Where okay, did he well, win? Indonesia. Uh, he did. It was Indonesia. Right. Yes. Very good. Right. I, I thought I thought Munoz had won Munoz a race. Munoz was third that race. Right. It must have been. I was obviously getting Marrera and Munoz muddled up. Yeah. Are we 100% certain Munoz hasn't won? I am. I thought he won a race. Apparently not. Right. Okay. Well, I would like to know who's right, you or the MotoGP website, and I'm sure it's the MotoGP yeah, website. Yeah, I think it's probably the MotoGP website. Mm. He will win a race uh, at some stage. Um, so Moto3 and MotoGP are very interesting in terms of the championship. Um, Moto2, as you said, is pretty much settled. What's interesting about Moto2, I've just watched this afternoon the Moto2 race from from Thailand. It wasn't, it wasn't the best Moto2 race I've ever seen, but... Um, Aldeguer won um, on the uh, Boston Scorer or Speed Up sh um, chassis. And what's what's interesting? Who won? There, Sorry, it was um, Fermin Aldeguer, teammate of uh, All right. Alonso, yeah, okay. teammate of Alonso Lopez. What's interesting there is last season Lopez completely outperformed Aldeguer. Yeah. But this year, I was expecting I was expecting Lopez to challenge for the championship. There are only that. ten points in it between them two. Yeah, but Lopez hasn't won a race this year, um, and Lopez has been sort of guilty of he's made a lot of very um, rash maneuvers 
resulting in, I mean, he 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 bumped into Sam Lowe's in Magello. He bumped into Jake Dixon in in um, in India. He's made lots of rash moves, and um, maybe he just maybe, hates the British drivers riders then. Possibly, but last year he was he was the rider who led the most laps last year, and we haven't seen that form from him at all this year. And his teammate Aldegar has been the dominant force in that team. Aldegar has won two races this season, and he's dominant in in Thailand. I just find that really interesting in 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 motorbike racing if we go back to moto three we're talking about daniel helgado dominating the championship and then halfway through the season almost sort of disappearing and i i wonder if that's the the helgado wonder if that was the pressure of leading the championship and look at moto two again look at um oh don't mind him just now the yeti uh no um um Aaron Cannett. No. The chap who was second second in the championship. Aaron Bellino. Aaron Bellino. You know, he was, it was between him, you know, him and uh, Acosta were neck and neck. And then all of a sudden from, I think it was the British Grand Prix onwards, completely vanished. His form, a major dip in form. They're on the same bikes. Um, I just find, I just find, I just find it really interesting. Because I'm I think sure they it, are on it, the same bikes. In motorbike, they are well. They're on the same. They are on the same bike, not the same team. They're on the same bike. But I find in motorbike racing, um, yeah, you as a a rider, you have far a far greater um, input into the performance of the bike than uh, a Formula One driver does in his car. And I think yeah. what we see in motorbike racing is if drive if riders lose a bit of confidence. Um, mm-hmm. You know, their form just drops off a cliff. That a lot of motorbike riding, particularly motor two, motor three, a lot of it I think is psychological. Um, right. And if we go back, talking about you know how the sort of how riders' form can change just like that. Go back a year. Mm-hmm. Jorge Martin last year, himself yes. and. Um, Bastianini were, were challenging for that. We're in competition with each other for that factory Ducati seat. And we know that um, uh, Bastianini got, got the right and deservedly so because, you know, Martin, I think he crashed last season and a terrible season. Go forward a year, go forward to the present day. Martin is the dominant force in MotoGP. Can, can, explain that. Uh, I can't. No. Well, isn't amazing. Jorge Martin is, they call him the, his nickname is the Martinator. Um, he is just, he is the fastest rider in MotoGP. And although he's not leading the championship, he is favourite to win. He, he is just incredible. Now, in terms of what's coming up, so we, there's nothing this weekend MotoGP wise. Mm-hmm. Weekend after that, it's Malaysia. Weekend yeah. after that, it's Qatar. That'll be a night race. And yeah, I like that one. That I like that. I like Qatar. We'll be Valencia. I'll definitely be watching that. You, you don't watch what, sorry? I'll definitely be watching that one, Qatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. proper, proper motorbike track, isn't it? Yeah, and then we got Valencia. Valencia, it's funny. It's 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 not a circuit I'm excited about going to because it's a bit of a rubbish. It's the worst circuit by a mile on the calendar. Mm-hmm. But it's the event the last round of the season so there's always like a, a party party sort of atmosphere there 
but also it looks like it's going to be a showdown. So can you imagine being in Valencia for yeah. championship showdown and Jorge Martin, a Spaniard winning? Oh, yeah. Be, I've got to be there. So, mm. so that's why I'm going. So that should be amazing. Um, on a completely different subject, this weekend, it's the last round of the World Endurance Championship, the Le Mans yeah. cars, um, which I love. But, and I've said this many, many times before, um, the calendar is so spaced out, I've kind of lost interest in, in the WEC. Because mm. it had brilliant momentum after Le Mans. Then we had a great race at Monza. And then no races for about a month. And they went to that rubbishy Fuji track. And then another month passes. You know, people have forgotten about the WEC and sort of looking ahead to next year. They, they've got to sort their calendar out. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, got Formula One, and you could argue MotoGP. You've got, you could argue they got too many races. Formula One definitely has too many races. My brother thinks that MotoGP has got too many. But my question to him was, I understand what he's saying, but which rounds would you drop? Which? Yeah, you got enough track, you got enough races in uh, old Spain, don't you? Well, the funny enough, they actually, they actually dropped one this year. Aragon, that they, they dropped yeah, this year. I know. So you've no. got Jerez. You're never going to drop Jerez because that's the, probably the biggest no. event. Barcelona is fantastic. Valencia is the season finale, and you'll always have the season finale at Valencia. Yeah, I know, so. but it's like, it's like um, Formula One before they like fixed Abu Dhabi. You had to have it, but it was a rubbish track. Yeah. And then they yeah, fixed I mean, it, and you made it pretty average. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to be honest, Finn. I don't watch anything. What I will do, before one rise, I don't watch anything at all, at all. I will have a look at the Las Vegas circuit when they race there. Yeah, I know. That, I haven't been watching it. much. I've recently I've watched when there's been Formula One. I've watched the first five laps because the, yeah, the I, starts have been good. And... To be honest, Finn, the moment you start watching MotoGP you view Formula 1 drivers in a different light. I watched these motor, I've said this last time in the last recording. I watched these MotoGP riders and these, these World Superbike riders. I have nothing but admiration for them because if you said to me, right, we're going to teach you how to ride a MotoGP bike, we'll, we'll give you, you know, you, I would say no, 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 there's no chance I'm going to lean over and get my knee or elbow on the ground. That's never going to happen. But if you said to me, really? yeah, never. But if you said to me, we'll teach you how to be a Formula One driver, I'd say, yeah, I'll give that a go. Um, yeah, well, you look, you're, like you're, on, you're either you're like sat on top of something or you're sat protected by a bunch of carbon fibre. What I'm saying is Formula One drivers, you know, Formula One is, is very safe. MotoGP is, is never going to be safe. Yeah, I think um, I said something about your personality. Well, it might, but yeah, it does. <laughs> I, I just can't. I just don't care about these Formula One drivers, but these these motorbike riders, I have so much respect for them, because there's no way in a million years, no matter how much coaching I was given, I could ever ever be able to do that. In fact, even if I was able to do it, I'd be too scared to do it. Yeah, have you ever seen that YouTube video where it's great? It's great actually. Um, Valentino Rossi and yeah. Lewis Hamilton switch rides. Yeah, I, I, yes, I've, I've, I've heard of that, yeah. yeah it's pretty cool. But yeah. Valentino yeah. Rossi seems a lot happier to be doing it than Lewis Hamilton. Well, I can imagine. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that doesn't surprise me. I think we'll wrap it up there, Finn. Um, we'll get back together in about four weeks' time uh, when I can tell you about my trip to Valencia.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the About page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started so head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well